everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Legitimately Liana. Today, my guest is my ex-roommate. Want to introduce yourself? Oh, hi, everyone. I'm Nancy. I'm Liana's ex-roommate. Yeah, it was like two whole ass years of living together. Now we don't. So sad. Dude, I miss that place. I miss that place too, but you hated it. No, I okay. I hated it, but I enjoyed living with you and Josh. Oh yeah. I was only I was only there for you and Josh because I didn't want to find like I didn't want to find other roommates. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed having you as a roommate too. So regarding today's topic. One thing that me and Nancy have in common is both being Asian American, and one thing that many Asian Americans, including myself, go through is kind of trying to figure out our identities because sometimes it feels like we're not Asian enough for actual Asians and not American enough for Americans. So it kind of feels like we're somewhere in between. So to start this off, what do you feel is the most American thing about you and the most Asian thing about you? Like, how Asian do you feel like you are? Okay, most Asian thing about me. I literally cannot live with you if you don't agree with the whole、um, no shoes in the house rule. <laughs> yes, that is a fat ass deal breaker. If they like stomp all over the house with their outside shoes, I literally only have two rules for roommates: no shoes in the house and no snoring. No snoring. No snoring. You have no idea how thin walls could be. So, what do you feel is the most American thing about you? I wouldn't say I'm like very not filial, but I do talk back to my parents a lot. But I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people do. I'm sure a lot of other Asian Americans do too. So, the concept of filial piety is a very, very Chinese thing. So, for our non-Chinese listeners, do you care to explain what that is? I'm not. Well, I don't really like know the exact definition of filial piety. Whatever that is, or filial <laughs> piety. Yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't know the exact definition of it, but、um, from the context that I've seen it used in, it's just respect your parents, or always put your parents above anything else, or your or your family even. Yeah, I feel like in Chinese culture, it is very very important to、um, you know treat people who are older than you with due respect. Yeah, especially if you're like related to. Yeah, even if they suck. <laughs> yeah.、Um, I don't know if you know about this fable, but you know Chinese culture has a lot, a lot of fables. But it's about this kid who, like, he he's the epitome of filial piety. Basically, like one day he got like a lot of pears, like his family got a lot of pears, and what he ended up doing was he arranged the pears from largest to smallest. And then you know everybody thought he was gonna go pick the largest one. You know he he was the youngest one in the family, by the way. And so he arranged it from largest to smallest, and then he gave the largest one to his grandpa, and then the second largest one to his grandma, and you know so on and so forth, like to his dad, to his mom, his older siblings, and you know he he's the epitome of filial piety. Like you should put your parents first and your your elders first. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's like exhibit A right there. Yeah, have you heard that one? I've actually have not. I'm gonna search. I'm, I'll just search it up. Yeah, I'll search it up afterwards because because you got me into all these like Chinese folklore and everything. <laughs> so you would say that the most American thing about you is not like being super filial to your parents. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess that and yeah, I guess just like going against the whole、um, what's expected of you thing. Oh yeah, for sure. For me, the most Asian thing about me, I guess, is 
Um, well, I guess like not so Asian, Asian, but more Asian American, I guess, is mm -hmm. the whole academic drive thing, especially since I surrounded myself Dude, with. compared to me, you are so much more driven. <laughs> but I am so mediocre. It's like so sad because I try so same. hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, like also, uh, I feel like I was very immersed in Chinese culture growing up, especially because my mom like had me play the Chinese zither, which I regret stopping because it was like actually pretty fun. Um, but, you know, like when you're forced into something, it's not that fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you ever forced to take any classes uh, as a kid? Not classes, but but I remember, I think around first grade or something, my mom would like make me study Vietnamese or like teach me Vietnamese with all these like workbooks and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I regret not keeping that up. Oh, you, well, you play violin, right? Was that forced upon oh, you? Oh, no, no, that was, no, no, that was not forced upon me. Surprisingly, it was not forced upon me. Nice. That's like a very traditional, like, Chinese kid like instrument. Chinese American. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know the stereotype. It's always either violin or piano. <laughs> yeah, it's like never the Chinese either. I'm like super, super Asian in that aspect. But um, I guess for me, the most American thing fuck i don't know what it is um wait the fitness lifestyle oh yeah i guess so yeah like growing up my parents never let me join sports um all my extracurriculars were supposed to be like music art um something like of value to them not like sports that i like would you know spend five hours at every day after school you know so i was a very not fit kid oh actually i like did chinese dance for a while i don't know but yeah of my course, mom, chinese dance <laughs> my mom didn't want me to like join sports which was so sad um but yeah no i definitely feel like the whole fitness thing maybe is the most american thing about me if you had to put yourself like on a spectrum of like banana and like super super fob definitely Asian, not banana like how far along on the spectrum are you you feel like i feel like recently because recently i got into all these like ancient chinese things i would say probably like an eight maybe maybe seven because i'm not fluent in like chinese and i don't have a job yet okay okay i'm definitely not banana what would you say would be like super banana wearing shoes in the house i can't watch um i can't watch fresh off the boat because of oh. that. <laughs> Yeah, no, there is definitely a scene in Fresh Off the Boat where he where he, he like fucking goes on the bed with his shoes on. Oh, that's but so gross. I think they like wrote it in. I think it was because Lewis was trying to wear cowboy boots and he couldn't take them off. So he was like shoes in the house from now on. But that doesn't mean you have to wear them on the bed. You know, the first time I the first time I met you, I thought I thought you would be a banana. Oh, my God. No, it's because I fucking talk like a valley girl, don't I? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I can do... Actually, a, maybe. Maybe. I can do a really good, like... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> valley girl. So anyway, both of our families have Chinese and Vietnamese roots. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, like, that you can think of that is very, like, specifically Vietnamese and very specifically Chinese about you? Wait, this is such a good question. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like a lot of people tend to... Um, you know, especially I just talked about this in a recent YouTube video I made um, about like Asian representation in American media. And mm -hmm. I said that, you know, people always tend to like 
group Asians together. I feel like that's not just like a non-Asian thing, but as Asian Americans, like the term Asian American itself, we're already like grouping all these different um, ethnicities together. Mm-hmm, but there is something like uh, unique about everyone. True, true. Yeah. Can you think of true. anything? Honestly, honestly, the or Vietnamese and Chinese culture are like so similar that whenever I go somewhere and and it's like only a Vietnamese person and they don't understand Chinese, I sometimes just kind of blank out because of that. <laughs> like, I'm serious. If you go to like, a, if you go to like the pho restaurant in Oakland, there's a good chance the Vietnamese staff probably knows Chinese. Oh, really? Yeah. And also, yeah. also if you go to like Century Mall in like San Jose, Milpitas area, um, which is like the mall that every Vietnamese Asian or <laughs> every Vietnamese American knows about, uh-huh. like, a lot of the people or a lot of like the old um the old the grandpas and grandmas that like or the aunties and uncles that like work there probably there's a good chance that they know Cantonese too. I know my dad's family uh you know they're ethnically Chinese but they uh I think they moved to Vietnam. So, you know, my dad was raised in Vietnam. Um and then what they do is they like speak a combination of Vietnamese and Cantonese. So it's just like Yeah, all- yeah. Yeah. Like Vien, Viet, <laughs> Cantonese. I don't know yeah. how to combine the words. Can't nom. <laughs> yeah, no, my family's like that too. Really? Or at least my dad's side. Yeah. So, do you ever have trouble like separating the languages? Like, if you ever like talk to someone who just understands Cantonese, like, do you ever like let mm-hmm. Vietnamese slip in there sometimes? Surprisingly, no. But recently, whenever talk when I'm talking to my dad, um, I would just flip some Vietnamese in because usually I talk to my dad and my aunt who I'm living with um, in Cantonese, mm-hmm. and the only person I use Vietnamese with at my house is my mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it but it doesn't really matter because he understands. Vietnamese too. Oh, you know what I just noticed? Both of our last names are Vietnamese. Yeah, Vietnamese spellings of Chinese last names. Yeah, so <laughs> actually I um I sold at the dining table after you moved out and I sold it to this Vietnamese dude and then he like asked me if I was Vietnamese because of my last name and I was like, No, I'm Chinese and he looked so disappointed. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, was he like a student or like No, he was just this adult. like middle aged dude. And I feel like oh all middle aged like Asian dudes always ask you like if you're Vietnamese or Chinese or whatever. Wait, I actually had uh kind of like an opposite experience. Like oh, really? One, yeah, like I saw or I saw the name like Uber driver once and it was like a definitely like a Vietnamese last or Vietnamese name like it was like Nguyen something something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like I tried I tried like making conversation with him about about being Vietnamese or something. He he just he just changed the topic. I didn't even I didn't even try to speak Vietnamese with him, but he just changed the topic. <laughs> oh no oh my goodness i feel like knowing cantonese is very very useful um really yeah because okay actually i had i don't know if i ever told you this but in eighth grade i was kind of like the office secretary's aide so there was this one time where this international girl came in she was like a new student and her parents came in to try to like register and her and stuff so they only spoke cantonese 
which I mean, you know, it's a good indication if somebody speaks Cantonese and they're like middle aged, they probably know Mandarin too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, I don't know how to speak Cantonese, but then I like took the chance and I like spoke Mandarin, and then I was like trying to like trip over my like broken ass Mandarin, trying to help them and shit because like they didn't oh, know no. English, oh, no. and then the mom turns to the dad and she goes in Cantonese. She's like, oh, her her Chinese isn't that good, isn't it? and i'm like yo it's not like it's like the languages are so similar like i i like also like grew up hearing my dad's family like speak cantonese so i know what you're saying lady it's just like the shamelessness is like right in front of my face and then it turns out that the girl who was like the new student she spoke a little bit of english so i like suffered for nothing Wait, wait, then why didn't she get... Okay, I don't know, I whatever, guess, whatever. I guess she was just, like, shy or whatever the fuck. But, yeah, no, traumatizing. Wait, did you answer the question? Like, the, something that you can think of that is very specifically Vietnamese? Honestly, oh, Paris by Night. What? Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so, like, Paris by Night is something, I would say, maybe, like, 90, 80% of, um, of like, middle-aged Vietnamese people. So It's something that they enjoy. So what it is, is that it's like a concert of all these Vietnamese singers and they have like skits and everything. But, but the audience, the audience in like the venue, for some reason, the production, the production quality is like pretty, pretty high. And the audience in the venue just look very rich. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, is there anything specifically Chinese that you can Specifically Chinese. Uh, I love ancient Chinese fantasy stories. <laughs> you do i mean you do too or at least you watch them i do we're such hoes for that shit like i feel like chinese dramas are so like cringy to like someone who doesn't understand like chinese culture when you juxtapose chinese dramas with like american um media you know Mm -hmm. american media is just like rough sex like dark themes like like just like very dark and dramatic and serious but then chinese dramas like you have mm-hmm. those like serious bits but then there are also some like really stupid cringy bits yeah. <laughs> they're like what the yeah. fuck like you know like oh she's a she's a grape spirit you know and she doesn't know oh my God. she doesn't know about like you know penises it's just like it's so oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cringy sometimes and i'm like oh my god like like if you don't already watch chinese dramas it's very very hard to get into because you're like what the fuck am i watching <laughs> but dude i saw someone i saw you know you know the thing they do when they fly you know that stance oh! <laughs> they like fly dude i saw someone describe it as tea posing <laughs> so so there's this very like specific move or there's this very specific thing in like chinese dramas where you know um uh people cultivate their energy their like inner energy and you know uh they're so they're very light on their feet so therefore they are able to fly kind of they they kind of do like parkour I don't I don't know how to explain it. And then they like kind of like stick their arms out like the T-pose, right? And it's just kind of oh comical God. to look at if you have no idea what you're looking at, but I've watched so many Chinese dramas it's like normal to me. But Yeah, no, it's normal to me too. I <laughs> I grew up watching Chinese dramas too. Can you like imagine someone like who has no idea what a Chinese drama is and then just walks into the room while like someone is like T-posing? <laughs> it's like what the fuck? But anyway, <laughs> So with such poor Asian representation in media, um, I 
growing up was subject to a lot of stereotyping and microaggressions oh my from my classmates and my teachers who were like, oh, she, her English is good. And, oh, Liana, like, I didn't know you hated homework. You are Asian. Therefore, you are smart. Therefore, you must love homework. Like, Wait, you went through that? Yeah, I did. And, you know, there was this girl who was like, oh, you... You don't watch Disney movies, don't you? And I was like, what the oh fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> like, oh I've gone god. through so much of that. And I feel like it's so, like, what the fuck? Like, I, in the moment, like, of course, I didn't realize, you know, that it was so messed up because I was, like, five and, like, eight. And now, but now that I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, people are so stupid. But, um, you know, people would always just assume that I was smart. And it was, like, very hard to uphold. So... Did you go through anything like that? Like, what was your experience with that? Honestly, I can't say I've been through a lot of discrimination because I was Asian. Um, I think that's because um, I well, I thought I thought you went through the same thing because we're both from the Bay, and the Bay Area has like a very high concentration of Asians, or it has like a large Asian population. Well, if I did go through discrimination, I can't really remember. But yeah, I'll, but yeah, growing up, um, like I wasn't the token Asian in my school. There was a bunch of other Asians, so I didn't, I didn't have to go through the microaggressions or anything, or at least not, or at least, at least none that were like toward or that were addressed towards me. I see. But yeah, you went through that. Just like, just like I thought, San Leandro had like a large population of Asians too. Um. I mean, I feel like when I was, especially when I was in kindergarten, there was a lot more like white people than there is now. I wonder like why that is. I don't know what happened. But, oh, I um, see. Yeah, I just feel like people, like especially like children, like they don't really know about anything like outside of yeah, their yeah. own like world. Oh, wait, I, I remember um, back in elementary school, I remember there was this old woman. I, I don't know why she was around campus, but uh, she was. Anyways, like during recess, she would, and she would during recess, um, whenever a group of like Asians were around, I'm not sure if she did this to like any other groups, but uh, whenever like a group of like Asian kids were like talking in Chinese or something, she would like tell them to like, it, she would say, "You're in America, speak English" or something. No, that's like no, she did, she did, but I, but I'm not sure if she like did that to like groups of like Spanish speaking kids too. Oh my god, that is so offensive. I, know. I feel like oh god like that's the worst thing you can possibly say to someone who is like not speaking english um yeah and it was like it was like fucking recess too like what the fuck recess dude like these are little kids oh my god that's so offensive i'm like so mad about that i think i like saw this like online post from someone it was like a tweet or something but you know this this Korean girl was um, speaking in Korean and there was this white lady who was like, uh, oh, this is America, speak English. And then she like whips around and she's like, what the fuck did you say to me? Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like- Wait, dude, send me that video. I don't know. I, I, no, it's not a video. I think it's like a tweet or something, but okay. that is like the perfect response to that. So you said you, are, you weren't treated very differently because you were Asian growing up. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that happening to me because I wasn't the only Asian person there. Yeah, besides that old woman who came during recess for some reason. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, that, yeah, that really was weird. 
So while we're on the topic of school, it's very normalized in Asian American culture to place a lot of emphasis on academic achievement. When I was in high school, I found myself with a lot of really smart friends and academically they were really good influences on me because they helped push me to do better. But because they were so smart and so driven, I felt like I was never enough and also super incompetent in comparison to them. Have you ever felt incompetent in comparison to your classmates? Definitely, definitely. Um, not I wouldn't say during high school or anywhere before that, but coming into college, definitely. Um, whenever I'm like in a group, if, whenever I'm like working in a group, uh, I definitely do feel that. I try to be helpful, but at the same time, I feel like if I like take initiative, I just think that someone else would do the job better than I do, and I don't want to like pull them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually I. I share that sentiment with you, which is why I don't I, I don't like group projects because then I, I feel like exposed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did your parents like pressure you a lot or did they just kinda like sit back and be like, Oh, you can just try your best? I think back then they did. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but I think around middle school I guess I proved to them that I'm like better than everyone else. <laughs> and you can't find it you can't find a kid as as or as good as I am, and then I think my parents just like backed off after that. My my mom wasn't really like she wasn't really she wasn't like pushing me to go to like a good college or anything. I oh wow. yeah. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, my my dad was like, apply to Stanford. Oh my god, you don't know if you'll get in, and I'm like, I do actually. I know I'm gonna get rejected, <laughs> and I was right. So. You know, the stereotype of UCSD is uh, UCLA and UC Berkeley rejects. Dude, that's so true. Do you ever feel, Do you, did you feel sad when you got rejected? Not from LA, because I didn't care about LA. But, but from Berkeley? From Berkeley, yes. Because like, living in Oakland, um, you're like 15 a minute, you're like 15 minutes away from Berkeley. So, uh, so Berkeley was kind of like... Your top choice? yeah. The ideal that's choice. So, that's so crazy that you ended up choosing SD then, because I'm sure you got into like Irvine, Davis. Like you could have chosen somewhere to be closer to Oakland, like at least like second closest than Berkeley. Oh no, the I mean it wasn't just distance. It was also I liked, or at the time I liked the surrounding area of Berkeley because I thought it was nice to just have just just have like a bunch of restaurants like right outside of campus. Yeah. Yeah. I I was actually the total opposite of you. I wanted to pick the one that was like furthest away from home. <laughs> That's so funny. I had a friend that was like that too. Even though if I got into UCLA, I definitely would have gone there, I think. Um, even though like a lot of people from my high school ended up going there and I had a pretty rough high school experience. So I don't think I would have wanted to go just because other people were there. So, I mean, I'm glad that it worked out that I went to UCSD and was like alone because it kind of felt like a fresh new start. And um, I mean, I, to this day, I still feel kind of sad about UCLA. Like, ah, uh, if I just like, you know, applied with a different major, I definitely would have gotten in because mechanical engineering was undoubtedly very, very impacted. And also it doesn't help that I'm Asian. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I feel very, like, salty about that. Like, slightly. Like, even still to this day. Um, but you know what? I don't regret UCSD. Yeah, I, I can't regret UC UCSD either. Even though it, it was so torturous. 
enthusiast. <laughs> but it would have been the same either either way. Like any other school would have been so torturous. But yeah, yay, we're we're done. Going back to feeling like we were incompetent in comparison to our peers, especially in college. Um, I definitely felt like a dumb Asian, and I also felt like just a dumb person. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I I feel that way too. Like, especially in mechanical engineering, and you were also in a very difficult um, subject, data science. So, like, being in STEM, it's hard to, like, not feel the imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, is it really imposter syndrome when you're actually (laughs) incompetent? Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I had all this pressure on my shoulders to, like, do well because I'm a woman in this really like male dominant field mm-hmm. and you know the 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 notion the pre preconceived notion is that you know women aren't smart enough to be um engineers and here i am proving that notion correct dude no no same like whenever <laughs> okay so like i was so like i was in doc right yeah <laughs> or like or like the college that i'm in is like heavily focused on social justice Mm-hmm. So then whenever someone made, like, an argument about how uh, women in STEM aren't being, like, taken seriously, mm-hmm. I kind of want to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, help them out with their argument. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I There was this one time where I literally got a 33% on my midterm. Literally, a 33%. Like, is that even possible? Wait, what was the average, though? It was like a 65 Oh my god, oh my god. It was so bad! And I was like, holy shit, like, I don't think I'm gonna graduate, but here I am. Yeah. Wait, when was that? It was literally, like, senior design, like, holy winter shit. quarter this year. I got a 33% on the midterm, and I was like, oh, my God, that's literally the lowest score in the entire class. And I can't believe I was even allowed to make it this far. No, same. Like, win- for winter winter quarter, that, um, this, or that last winter quarter it was the same for me because uh, I didn't finish <laughs> my final project. Oh, no! So... It's, and the professor of that class, I asked him for a recommendation to go to Japan, which uh, isn't happening anymore. But because COVID, yeah. But um, but yeah. So I was so ashamed that I just like sent him an apology email. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Then, Did he reply to that actually? No, because no. I told you about this. Like um, in the or like at the end of the email, I was like, "P.S. Please don't reply to this because this like this is giving me enough anxiety." Oh, Dude, but then I saw my grade, and apparently, like, apparently, I wasn't even the worst one in the class. Oh, oh, that's good then. That other person should have apologized too. Oh no, there was like a bunch of people that were like worse than me. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah. Going back to what I was saying, as a mechanical engineering major, I felt this pressure to kind of. You know, like, on the one hand, like, every time I told someone, like, oh, I'm majoring in mechanical engineering, like, they would always have this reaction, like, oh, that's hard. Oh, Fuck, my God, that must be really smart. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I actually said that to someone, like, when he told me, like, when he told me that he was, like, mechanical engineering, I was like, damn, that's hard. 
And he was like, no, not really. It's the same as other majors. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, okay, then. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, there were like so many like freaking smart people in my major and they just like got it. Like my learning like method was not like catered to at all whatsoever with the way that lectures were run. And it was just so frustrating because I kept feeling like I was so stupid. But then like once I like got a concept, like I would understand it completely. Like I, I feel like I shouldn't say that I'm stupid because I feel like ultimately I am not stupid. But college just made me feel so stupid, especially the mechanical engineering classes. Honestly, the fact that we got into UCSD in the first place already like puts us above. Oh, <laughs> that's a, above a lot of things. Okay, that's that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like discount my my um my admission into UCSD because it is a great school ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that Asian part of me that is like feeling like I'm never good enough. Um, you know, for my parents, like I feel like my parents were really disappointed. Like once I told my mom, I was like, I got into UCSD. She was like, Okay, <laughs> that's oh literally God. what she said. Oh <laughs> so, um, in the eyes of a tiger mom. It's nothing in the eyes of like all the other Asian Americans who got into UCLA, Harvard, Stanford. It's nothing, but it's a big deal still. And, you know, I still have a hard time like accepting that it is a big deal and something to be proud of. It is, it is, it is. Yeah. What did your parents say when you got into UCSD? Oh, they were just concerned about me moving (laughs) so far. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet, actually. But I'm glad that they let you come because we became friends. Me too. Me too. Anyway, um, that is all the topics I wanted to talk about. This actually, this actually went a lot better than I thought. Yeah, see, it's just a conversation with a friend. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that is all that we have for today. Thank you so much to Nancy for being on this episode. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.